Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good Sunday evening, everybody, and welcome. Along with JP and Kyrie, we're here to talk about the world of sports on the Larry Hardesty Show. 1-800-919-3776. Entertaining game by the Islanders. And listen, this was a big game by the Islanders. Islanders are showing you something. Back-to-back wins after having struggled. And now what they're doing is they put more pressure on the Rangers, who have been just phenomenal. Rangers have won three straight, seven of eight, and that's going to be a big-time showdown at the Coliseum Tuesday night in the game you can hear right here on 98.7 ESPN because the Rangers have played themselves back into position. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Rangers respond on the trade deadline, which is tomorrow, 3 p.m. Don LeGrec and the Michael K. Show, of course, will be all over that. And we'll see, will they make a move with Kreider? Is Kreider going? Is Kreider staying? What other moves will they make? Or will they decide that, you know what, let's hold on because we're close. (laughs) John Davidson and crew working hard. It's going to be interesting. So make sure you check that out here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, when last we chatted, we were talking about the big fight, the pay-per-view fight on Saturday night between Wilder and Fury. And many of you thought that Wilder was going to win. I thought Wilder was going to win. And quite a few of you thought Fury was going to win. Now, before I break that down for you and get your thoughts on the fight at 1-800-919-3776, I want to talk a little bit about the undercard. Because for me, in a perfect world, if I were a boxing promoter, this would be the time that I would highlight my best fighters. Put on a couple of championship matches. Because... With a heavyweight title fight with that type of hoopla, with that type of anticipation, with that type of publicity, I would want to show you in my stable my top guys. That's what I would do. I would have the top guys and a couple, as I mentioned, a couple of championship bouts. And that's what I would do on my undercard in my pay-per-view leading up to the big fight. It would be showcased for me. And what I would do is I would set my guys up. Listen, if you want to be on this card where everybody's watching, show me something. Show me what you're doing over these next couple of weeks. Show me on the countdown. Make it hard for me to keep you off this card. That's what I would want to do. So myself and my brother-in-laws were sitting down watching the fight last night. And on the undercard, the first fight was Fedora against Lewis. So I had not seen Sebastian Fendora before. Not seen him. This kid rolls up at 6'6". And I'm like, and with, with, get this, ladies and gentlemen, an 80-inch reach. 80. I'm trying to figure out, how does Daniel Lewis get inside to go to the body? Because clearly, as thin as this kid is, going to the body is the key to success. No question. You're going to the body. That's what you're doing couldn't get inside and if i'm the training crew management around the kid fundora i'm telling him to sit down and watch tyson fury because what tyson fury did yesterday was use his height and weight now fundora can't use his weight (laughs) but he can use his height advantage and i would sit him down and have him watch how Tyson Fury used his reach advantage and what he was able to do. I think the young man is going to be good, but he, he's got to improve. And these are fights, and that's why you put these kids in situations like that so that they improve. You can sit and watch video. You can put them in the, in the, in the ring, in the gyms, and get ready. But in prime time, on an undercard, and yeah, I know when a whole lot of folks there, because the folks in Vegas know, look, under the main event's going to get down what twelve o'clock on the East Coast. Main event about nine o'clock. I got time to hit the casino, little dinner, roll into the main event about eight thirty. I'm good. Get my seat. I'm ready to go. So there wasn't a lot of eyes on him in the in the MGM Grand Garden, but I think he will get better. He will get better. Then the next fight was the. Navaturet Santissima fight. This guy Navaturet's busy, huh? 
Did you guys see him? He's all over the place. He's fighting. He's moving. He, he, <laughs> I thought he took a couple of rounds off too much though. I did. He was, he had a very busy round and he took off like the next four. And then he came back and he did a nice job in finishing off Sebastian. That fight had to be stopped. And then the co-main event, which was two heavyweights and it ended up going six rounds as Charles Martin blasted Gerald Washington with a, with a knockout punch in the sixth round. And he went down a couple times. So, uh, you know, that was nice to get you ready for the main event because at least you were heavy. But for me, I needed, and that was a unification bout. So that was a championship bout. But for me, I needed a little better competition. I needed a little better talent. I needed a little more for my undercards because that's what I'm used to seeing. I'm used to the undercards meaning giving me something more. That's what I would like. I know that's way back in the day, but that's what I would like. So if I were, as I started out our conversation, if I were promoted, that's what I would do. The top guys, the top guys would be on my pain of it. My, my big time pay-per-view event. If you're not prime time, if you're not box office, if you're not going to move the needle, if you're not going to help me get numbers on my pay-per-view and this one obviously Past everybody's number with eyes in the building, dollar wise, then you can't be on my card. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Your thoughts on Fury Wilder? Hardesty till 10 on 98.7 ESPN. So last night, as I'm watching the fight, the main event, and we get to the third round. And I already noticed over in the first two rounds, and I get the calls in the second, that Fury is fighting a different fight. He is, he did what very few boxers do. Okay. In these big events like this, he did exactly what he said he was going to do during the week. If you go back and listen to the interviews, Fury said he was going to walk him down. He was going to be the aggressor. He was going to be the guy that was going to move forward and that's what he did. And clearly, that was the difference. And by him coming in, now, he was, what, 270 at the weigh-in? Which means when he was carried to the ring you know, on his throne, he's probably about 280, 285. A couple of stakes afterwards, you know. Good to go. So you've got a very talented boxer who's moving in, punching, then laying on his opponent, you could just see that Wilder was done. And Wilder came in heavier. And we were having the discussion while we were watching the fight of maybe he shouldn't have come in heavier because that wore him down faster. But the way Fury was leaning on him, I I don't know if it would have made a difference. I mean, he came in at 230, and he said that that was not the most he'd come in. He'd come in actually at 234 one time before. And so this was the second highest, second heaviest he came in. But ultimately, he was the bottom line. Wilder couldn't keep Fury off of him. Wilder, once he got hit in the ear, his equilibrium seemed to be done. He looked beaten. He looked confused. And he was a guy that was just relying on the big punch. That he couldn't get off because he couldn't create enough distance and protection that he could load it up. He tried to load it up because that's what he knows. And ultimately it was, uh, it was, it was shocking. And you know what? You give Fury and his corner all the props because they had the outstanding game plan to take care of Wilder. And I know Wilder can box. I've seen him box. But I don't think he could, he's not the boxer that Fury is. And with the reach and the weight difference, he's lucky that Mark Breland and his corner threw that towel in because he, there's no way he's winning that fight. And I understand his mentality. I understand he wants to go out on the field, on, on the shield, as he said afterwards. I get it. Nobody wants to have the towel thrown in like he gave up. That's an ego thing. That's that. That's what you want to hear from your fighter. But that's why you have a corner. 
this to save you from yourself because some serious, serious damage could have been done to him if that fight had continued last night. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phone. Spike, lead us off on the Larry Hardesty Show. Hey, Larry, good to hear you. New theme song, new leader. I got to tell you about that fight. This this guy, Fury, got the light on his feet, man, for that did, shot. right? Whoa! I mean, uh, the, the Ralph Cramden, and Jackie Gleason on their feet. <laughs> man, he was really light. And the other guy, you know, like a sunny listen, waiting to land it. He gave him no room. He snuffed him out. And what was it, round two or three? He took, uh, hit him in the ear, like you said. Yeah. He yeah. was done. He was done. He had no shot. And you can't go for that howitzer shot. He gave him no room. This guy yeah, leaning all right. over him, tiring yeah. him out. Yeah, this won, guy, this guy, that. look, he didn't have the body of a fighter, but he had the mind of a boxer. And he just they gave him no space. He crushed him out. Uh, I was t- talking to Kyrie in the pre pickup, and and uh, I guess he's got 30 days. Look, look, they're going to go for the paycheck. This is the way the game's played. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you said about the Charles Martin, you know, uh, he's more of a throwback guy. He knocked him down a couple of times. The undercuts. Mm-hmm. It, really, it yeah. really was. It stunk for that kind of money. Yep. They they brought you nothing there, and you know we go back. I, I told Kyrie a little bit. Uh, boy, I mean, look, the three fights with with Ali and Frazier just you know they'll go down historically. They're all different right. stories. They just just. Yep. Uh, I was lucky enough to to be at the first. Everything you know, everything for me was good in those days, and mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking back, and I'm not to get off my long guy. You know me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to see new stuff, mm-hmm. but the boxing game has suffered. Now, I don't know about yeah. this this other kid. He's going to fight, I guess, if he doesn't sign for the rematch, he fights this other kid. Who's next Joshua? up? Yeah. 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 Now, I've watched Joshua, him yeah. fight. I, I, I'll tell you something. I don't think he's he's that good. I don't think he, he can do anything with Fury. I don't think he can do a damn thing. This Fury, this this new trainer that he brought in, and the strategy. How do you like Bob Arum and his age second American Pie? <laughs> did <laughs> yeah. you catch that? I did. I oh did. man, that was I great, did. boy. I go back a long time with him. He's been booking fights longer than I've been alive. I think, man, yeah, he's, he's, he's been, been around. Put, but he's got a good one. This is this this kids are good good for the sport. I mean, he is, and, and he's entertaining Spike, and he's he he loves the publicity, and he's what. Listen, I'm biased. There's no question about it. I just I'm from the old school Spike. When yeah. the heavyweight division is rolling, that's when boxing's at its best. Always, with always all due respect is. to and, the lower and, weight classes, and there's some great fighters at the lower weight classes. No question about yeah, it. Yeah, they're quick. But, they're, it's a different. It's a different feel, and then yep. I'll leave you with this. And thanks for the time. Always great to talk to my friend. I, I, I always go back to that Sunny Liston thing in Lewiston, Maine. I can, maybe yeah. you can explain it to the young fellows there. I, I, I can, that fight ruined boxing for me for a while. Yeah, because it was rigged. It was a rigged fight. Yeah, and 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 I loved Liston. I was a Liston guy. You know, after uh, the Patterson thing, I don't want to drag yeah. you back into the past, but mm-hmm. did Liston have a punch or what? <laughs> he did. There's no question about it. I was, and thanks for the phone call, Spike. Always good to talk to you. I was very young in in watching that fight, and that was uh, he was for for fight fans. I guess the he was kind of George Foreman. He was kind of Mike Tyson in the sense of he was a heavy hitter. He was a guy who could take you out with one punch, talking about Sonny Liston, and many people felt that Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, uh, would not be able to beat him because he was a, a guy, he was a boxer. He was speed, he was cunning, he was movement, although he did have an underrated punch. But he was movement, he was speed, he was a guy that many people felt that Liston was going to really, really hurt him. And... What was so interesting about that is that there is a rumor that um, what happened was that Liston owed money. And so he was asked to take a dive in that fight that Spike was talking about in Lewiston, Maine. But, um, you know. Those are those are boxing tales, and you know that was a time when folks had you know a lot of uh, outside inf- influence on the sport of boxing, if you know what I mean, L- allegedly. So you know, but so that's what Spike was talking about. But from a from a fighting style, Liston was a punching guy. Liston was a guy who had power, as as they say in the boxing field, had thunder in both hands, but his right hand was really something to behold, and uh, you know. Like I say, folks were concerned. It, it, it's funny because when you look at the emotion, because a couple of my brother-in-laws 
uh, were heavy, heavy, heavy Wilder. And, uh, you know, when he went down in the, in the, uh, in the third round, we were all shocked. Like we didn't expect him to go down that quick. And so by the end of the fight, you were hearing, uh, you were hearing the, wow, this is kind of like Frazier Ali, the first fight. Because everybody just knew that, that Muhammad Ali was going to beat Joe Frazier in that fight. Every fight at the garden. Everybody knew. All that fight, there's no way. I mean, you know, Ali, Ali's winning. This, this, you know, it's Ali. Not realizing that he probably needed more tune-up fights after having been out of boxing for three, four years because of having to serve time for not wanting to fight in, um, in the Vietnam War and, and not accepting the draft at that time where you were drafted to go and you had to go. And he said, no, I'm not going. And so his boxing license was suspended and he couldn't fight. And so those three years and the ring rust and the lack of competition obviously hurt him. And so there was people who, you know, were in tears. I remember, gosh, I was in junior high school for that fight. It's, it's funny, listening, listening to that fight, how we kept up with it, and, and if you listen to the Michael K show, Monday through Friday from three to seven, Don LaGreca has talked about sports phone. And that's how we kept up with the fight. Sports phone, nine, seven, six, one, three, one, three. You dial in and what happened was they would give you round by round updates of the fight because it was closed circuit, not pay per view. No, no, no. Closed circuit. Like you had to go to the movie theater and watch it. How am I doing? Spike? I'm giving them a history lesson. You had to go to the movie theaters and pay for a ticket. Like you went to the movie and on the big screen, you would have almost like a projector size <laughs> picture of the fight. And that's how you saw it. So, you know, obviously through technology, you were able to bring it into your homes. But uh, that's how if you didn't have a ticket and you couldn't go see the fight in person. And that was a who's who legendary people, uh, superstars of stage, screen, television and sports. Uh, politics were watching that fight at Madison Square Garden when um, Ali and, and Frazier met in the first fight. And so if you didn't have a ticket, that's how you kept up. And round by round, you know, they would come back and you would dial up again and you would hear that's how you kept up with the fight. And then, of course, you read about it, you know, in the papers the next day and you got maybe have the still pictures because you there was no video. Oh, no, 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 no video. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. We'll touch base on a couple of other things that happened this weekend. I saw an NBA game today, and we'll get to this a little after nine, that uh, is making me think a little differently about who's coming out of the East. I'm talking about that Lakers-Celtics game today. That was a good game. That was a real good game. And it's funny because uh, – Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're playing the way they played a couple years ago right now. They're that team that LeBron had to face like back-to-back years in the in the conference finals. They're back to being that team again. And they're playing very well. And Gordon Haywood is starting to round into form. And so they're playing, you know, they, they've had injuries. But uh, they're playing better. And when I look at them and their versatility – and I want, and I'm waiting for the consistency of the Philadelphia 76ers and, and what they can show me. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to look at them, starting to look at the Celtics and listen, as a Knicks fan, I do not like Boston. I do not like Boston, but I'm starting to, you know, look at them with a little more respect. Let's put it that way. So I'm looking at a little more respect because they're, they're playing much, much better. Back to the phones. Harry's in Brooklyn. Harry, you're next on 9870 ESPN. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, Harry. What's up? Okay, I, I go back a lot of years. I'm no youngster. I seen the Ali Fraser fight, and the first one, and the way uh, why Ali lost was because he clowned around for about seven or eight rounds. He thought it was a big joke, and then Fraser was building up a lot of points, and he was winning a lot of rounds. So even if Fraser didn't knock him down in the fifteenth round, Fraser probably would have won the fight anyway. He was uh, he was losing on all cards, Ali. Then he got serious in the next two fights, and he showed what he could do. So he, you know, he knew, you know, they knew uh, uh, what they had to do, and uh, they, they, they did it. They, he finally won. But in the first one, he thought it was a joke. He took it as a joke, and uh, that's one thing you can't do. This fight between uh, Fury and uh, what's his name again? Uh, Wilder. Yeah, Wilder. Right. I've seen them both fight before. 
Fury likes to get on top of you all the time. Doesn't give him any, give you any kind of reach, any kind of punching, uh, you know, be able to hit him. And he just mugs you. He mugs you against the ropes. I didn't see the fight, but that's what it sounds like, and I've seen many fights like that. And that's what he did. And that's why uh, Wilder lost, because he, I don't know why he didn't dance around. I don't know why he didn't sidestep him and start punching like Ali would have done. Who's I mean, that now? Got, you don't know why who didn't sidestep? I'm, I lost you. Who sidestep who? You don't know why, why Wilder did, didn't sidestep Fury? Yeah, why didn't he move around him instead of letting him mug him up against the ropes? Well, what happened, Harry, and thanks for the phone call, is that as as he wore down, as as Fury wore him down, he kind of pinned him up against the ropes, so he did, he wasn't able to free himself to go for the right hand. And unfortunately for him, Harry, he was just so focused on thinking that he could take him out with that right hand because it worked for him in the last fight that he didn't try to box him as much as he can. Now, look, I know he's not the boxer that Fury is. I understand that. But I've seen him a couple of times, and he's a little better boxer than he gave last night. I just think that once he was hit, once he went down in the third round, uh, then it was a slip. After he got hit in the ear, it was just a totally, totally different person. He could never seem to get his feet right. He just constantly seemed to be off balance. Uh, he he didn't make any adjustments. His sole thing was, if I could get this right hand. And he landed a couple, but it wasn't to the uh, power and didn't have the type of uh, effect that he thought it would have. And listen, give Wilder credit because he was hit with some shots last night. He was hit with some shots, and he was able to stay up until that seventh round. And, you know, if it was left up to him, he would have fought further. But, um, no, he he just – it looks like – and listen, you could argue some people thought that Fury won the first round, first fight and didn't think he won – that Wilder won maybe the only two rounds that Wilder won in that fight were the rounds that he put Fury down. So if if you're from that school – you're looking at a fight where maybe you gave him, what, of the seven rounds last night, what would you give Wilder? Maybe one or two the most? Maybe? So you could say in the in the past two fights, you, in 17 rounds, you gave him, what, maybe four rounds? If you're from the Fury School of, of Domination? So, you know, everybody knows styles make fights, and I don't see how... Wilder would be able to get back in and, and get to the body and do the damage he wants to do to Fury. Now, I know they've got a rematch clause in the contract, but would you want to see Wilder Fury again? Or does Wilder have to now go fight a couple of other people and come back around? Okay, because I think most of the people now would be interested. Maybe they want to see what Anthony Joshua can do with him. Although I don't think Anthony Joshua could do much. And unfortunately for Anthony Joshua, he looked bad against Ruiz. And Ruiz looked horrible in his last fight. So now you're looking at that. You're like, ooh, what's going on with Joshua? But I think Joshua is the guy that would be that I think he might leap over Wilder because you've just seen two of these two fight again. So. Does it have to be that Wilder goes back, gets another fight or two, builds that up, you know, a couple of big-time knockouts, and then we have number three? I don't know. We'll find out. Mike's in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening. What's up, Mike? Uh, Larry, this phone call, you have to bear with me here. I can barely speak, so... uh. But before I get to uh, the fight, Larry, uh, I between you and me, Larry, I'm terrified. I'm scared mentally. I don't know if I, 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 I don't know how I, how I could do this. But uh, Larry, the fight, uh, uh, Wilder, he could not fight the game, uh, fight the same way Fury was fighting. He was just, Fury was too, was faster and was just on the offensive end. He, once he got Wilder on his, on his back feet, he, he never gave him the chance. And as far as the rematch goes, uh, if it happened again, wouldn't the result be the same? 
I mean, it was a kind of one-sided fight. So a rematch, I mean, if, I mean, you, you know, wouldn't it be the same result? Uh, I don't know. But Larry, I, again, dude, I'm, I'm scared, man. I'm, I'm terrified. Well, Mike, I hope, thanks for the phone call, and I hope that whatever it is, you know, that you're going through, it straightens out for you. You've been having the rough patch lately. And we're concerned about you, but you know, you'll, I, I have faith that you'll find a way to get through it. And there's people that are around you that want you to get through it too. So I think I have faith that you'll be okay. Uh, as far as the fight is concerned, you're probably right. Uh, I would think unless they came up with a whole different game plan. And I don't know. I see my issue here, Mike, is I don't see how Wilder is able to get to Fury's body where he could do some damage. I don't see it. And you're right. He had more weight, but he looked faster. And he looked faster because he initiated the work. He was the guy that had the ring generalship in that fight. He took the fight to Wilder and he backed Wilder up. And Wilder could not find a way to move. He cut the ring off on him. And he could not find a way to get space between himself and the ring ropes to do some damage. It started out in the middle of the ring. And then I think as Wilder got more fatigued and more hurt, he he himself moved to the ropes. <laughs> so he did the job for Wilder. And then Wilder just just laid on him with his with his body weight and his, you know, he just wore him down. He wore him down. I mean, Wilder looked beaten up. In that fight, when it was stopped, he looked beaten up. Isaiah's in Rahway. Isaiah, you're next on 98.7. Hey, hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, I. Good. Uh, I, I'm just so happy to see heavyweight boxing where it is right now. Because for a very long time, it started to go to the, the welterweights and the middleweights and the featherweights. For a long time. And don't get me wrong, it's very interesting to watch it. It's fun. But there's just nothing like a heavyweight fight. Nothing. And with that being said, I, I give complete props to Fury. To be able to put on 17 pounds, to fight a man that is a, a slugger, and still keep your speed and go as fast as you did to to dominate the fight the way he did is remarkable. I don't think a lot of people understand how hard it is to put on weight as a boxer. And, and still keep your speed, especially for a man that bobs and weaves his whole career. To come in and slug against Wilder is a remarkable thing to do. It's very tragic that his eardrum popped, yeah. but you know, it's part of the fight. He made right. it happen. Yeah. He made the eardrum pop. So you got to give complete credit to him. Uh, I, I can't wait for the rematch. I can't wait to see what happens again when they're both healthy completely and they go into this fight. And it, I, I think the next one is going to be remarkable. And with that being said, uh, I don't want to take away from the other weight classes because we, they have some beasts like Earl Spence Jr., mm-hmm. who is just a fantastic fighter that – I hope Mayweather comes out of retirement and takes that up. <laughs> it will be interesting, Isaiah. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, it, it, it is a scenario where, you know, look, you just love to see the heavyweights go at it. You just do. The other weight classes are phenomenal, as we said. Don't take anything away from them. You love them. The speed, the power, uh, the, the you know, the ability, the athleticism, you love it. But it's just something about a heavyweight title fight. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Sunday night edition of the Larry Hardesty Show at 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, for Dante Wilder's back to life. How does he get back? I mean, listen, everybody has a bad night. I remember years ago, there was a a special, it was a big time pay-per-view fight. I don't remember the fight. It was in Atlantic City. And they were uh, saluting some of the top fighters in all weight classes in boxing. And I remember speaking with Sugar Ray Leonard and Sugar Ray Leonard said at the time, and it's so true. It's not only about boxing, it's about life. And he said, everybody gets knocked down. Muhammad Ali got knocked down. It's what happens when you get up. It's what happens. And for a boxer, it's, 
how do you deal with getting hit hard again? Does that tape play when you were knocked down? And that's what we'll find out about Deontay Wilder. We'll find out how he's going to resume his career. We'll find out what adjustments he will make. We'll find out just how this changes him. This will either make him or break him. It could make him an even better heavyweight, a better boxer, a better fighter. Or could make him just say, you know what? Okay, (laughs) you know, I know my way wins. This was one of those nights. I'm good. I'll go back and do what I need to do. We'll see. It will be interesting. It will be interesting. 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones. Dave is on Long Island. Dave, you're next on 987 ESPN. Larry, what's up, man? What's up, Dave? What's up, Two quick points. First off, that guy who just called and said that, you know, he's afraid and scared of everything going on. He needs to look at Tyson Fury and take some inspiration. That guy went through a lot, got himself mm-hmm. out. He's the world champ, and everybody loves him now. So if he can do it, anyone can do it. That's right. Good, good, good point, my, Dave. Good point. And my second point is I feel like that fight yesterday, I think Gypsy King got gotten in Wilder's head before that fight. He, even before the year shot, that he looked scared. He looked on his back foot too much. I think Wilder needs to go away for a little bit, work on his technical boxing, and then come back and have a super fight. Well, he's going to have to make some adjustments, Dave. Thanks for the phone call. There's no question about that. And he may have to go back and be a little tighten up on his boxing skills, tighten up on on being the guy that can stick and move. I know that's not his. I know that's not his. You know, that's how he made his his championships. But he can box. I mean, you've seen him. You know, he can box. And once again, I'm not saying he's the boxer that Tyson Fury is, but he's a guy who can, he's, he's boxed before. But now he's going to have to do that a little bit more. And once again, listen, Styles makes fights. And he, his next opponent may be somebody he won't have to do that. He'll go in there, one, two, down he goes. <laughs> and he may be back. But once again, I don't know if he'll be able to be the next fight again for Fury right away. I don't know. You've seen it twice. And as I mentioned earlier, some are going to say he's only won maybe four rounds in the two fights. Maybe. And so if that's the case, you want to see a more competitive fight. Now, I don't know that Anthony Joshua is going to be any better. I don't know. I do know that Anthony Joshua was held to a higher standard before he lost to Ruiz. And then to see how Ruiz faced in his last fight, you're like, oh, oh, what's going on there? So Joshua now has an opportunity because once again, he's not fought Fury. But, you know, haven't seen a lot of Joshua. Uh, don't not really familiar with this style. I've seen him maybe highlights on a couple of occasions, have not seen him in, in a full fight. So I'm not sure how he would be, but I'm just saying to you. Fury. At six, seven. And able to box, which means he can keep a glove in your face so you can't get to the body. He's got low speed to him. He's got he's gonna have the weight difference over you. And he's gonna wear you down. And he's gonna be able to get to the body. And he understands leverage. And he uses his reach. It's a tough combination. A tough combination. And what, thirty one? He's got a couple more fights in him, right? He's got a couple more. So that's going to be the interesting thing to see just how, who his next opponent's going to be, how soon that opponent will be. And now where does he go with all he's overcome? And Dave talked about it and everybody knows his struggles. Some of the things he's gone through to get to where he is. I mean, the guy was over 400 pounds at one point and he has got down to be now, you know, the lineal and WBC heavyweight champion. So what does he do now? Does he sit on his laurels or does he continue to get better and to strive to lock in that championship? It'll be interesting to see how both guys go. Walter's in Yonkers. Hey, Walter, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, man, thank you for taking my call. You got it, Walter. Um, Basically, I just want to say that I am so excited about heavyweight boxing with these guys. I mean, I was so in tune to everything. Everything that happened, everything, you know, I pay for everything. 
and I won a ton because I bet on uh, Fury. Okay. And I love these guys. And uh, basically, what I want to ask you is, uh, what do you think is going to happen in the third fight? Well, I, I think it depends on when the third fight is, Walter. Now, let me ask you. You've seen Anthony Joshua. How does he match up, in your opinion, with uh, Fury? Oh, okay. Too bad. I wanted to get your thoughts on it because you say you watch everything. Uh, once again, I, it depends on when he, he they fight in that third fight. You know, it depends on when it is. If it's early next year, I, I, I don't know. I've got to see something totally different. And I, I, from what I've seen these past two fights, I don't think he's got the style to, to deal with Fury. If Fury, if Fury's going to do the same thing, what does Wilder do? What does Mark Breland and the, and the training staff, what game plan do they set up for Wilder to come back? How does Wilder get to the body of Fury? Cause that's the secret. It's going to be the secret. He's got to find a way to get to that body, to bring that arm down, and then he can land the right hand. But can he take the punishment, take in one, take in two to get one, and then to be laid on where he, he weighs you down as Fury did? I don't know. I don't know that he can do that. So I'm not really sure how it can go. It would be nice if they come up with a different game plan, but I just don't see what that game plan could be. You'd have to totally change what Wilder has been, which has been a guy who's dominant with the right hand, who inflicts punishment, who can end the fight at any point in time with that thunder in his fist. That's what he's been. That That's where he's got his claim to fame. I mean, think about this. This is the first time he even went down. So that was... Amazing. Just what he's been able to do. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Did you see where the Houston Astros are at it again? Did you see this? I get to the calls in a second. So at their opener, their spring training opener on Saturday, um, the Astros were the home team. Now, you can expect this is going to be what the Astros are going to face all year. All year. They were booed throughout the night. Boo, 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 boo. The mascot was booed. Players were booed during introductions. You know, uh, there were there was a, a broadcast microphone that picked up a fan yelling he's wearing a buzzer. <laughs> this one's going to be all season. All season. But get this. Somebody brought a sign in criticizing the Astros and they took the sign down took the sign from the fan now I understand that you guys are going to be the Houston Astros guys are going to be real sensitive but you know what one of the fans were quoted and this is a great quote by one of the fans it was really good I I, I saw it um and I want to share it with you. And this is an Astro fan. And here's what they said. When the report finally came out and I read it, it was like your uncle bought you every Christmas present you ever wanted. And then a year later, you find that they all were stolen. Because <laughs> I, I really have been curious to hear how the Astro fans have been handling this. Now, I'm sure there's some of them who understand who don't like it, who don't like the fact that their team has put them in this position to say, you know, wow, to really defend their ball club. A. B, I'm sure there's some who are like, well, look, they're not the only team that cheats and, you know, the, the total denial thing. And then the, it's true. They're not the only team, I'm sure. But once again, they're the only team that have taken it to this extent that we know of. And so... Just the thought in my head was, and I listened to, uh, I was watching the Mets today, and Gary Cohen and Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling were talking about it as well. And listen, you're gonna have you're gonna have to take some slings and arrows on this situation. And for me, if if it's not derogatory against a particular player, if it's not derogatory against a, a, a person's family, 
if it's just, you know, Astros should know better or something like that, listen, you're going to have to live with it. You have to live with it. You can't, shall we say, steal the sign and confiscate it. That's not the way to go. Unless you're just going to tell people, listen, when you come to the ballpark, don't bring it. You can't bring no signs in the ballpark negatively about the Astros. Can't do it. But I bet you're going to see a lot of them on the road. Houston Astro fans and players, lots of them on the road. But I guess they're like, listen, in our ballpark, we control it. We don't want to see that stuff. All right. It's going to be, it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. Mark is in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, brethren? Hey, Mark, what's happening? Oh, man, what's happening? Uh, where do I begin? Larry, I heard you ask the guy straight up, what does he think about uh, if they're going to, what would happen in fight three? Larry, I just busted out last night. And here's why. When he began to not answer, you immediately went to who the next guy is that he's going to fight. And why that made me laugh is because if if uh, if if Wilder was a serial, it would be Captain Crunch. It would have been with Crunch Berries, but Fury knocked the Crunch Berries out of him. He drew, he beat the that he don't want to fight Fury no more, Larry. He don't. Well, here's what, here's why I'm gonna disagree with you, Mark. He will want to fight him again because the tower was thrown in, and mentally for a fighter, a warrior, to give him his credit. I mean, listen, Fury Fury may may have the style that just has baffles him, but Wilder's a heck of a fighter, and so when you are, I mean, he's undefeated before these these two battles. So when you are a guy like that who is a former champion, you are not leaving. You're not trying to fight this guy again where your t- where your your corner threw in the towel for you. It's not happening. So he whether he wants him or not, he's gonna want to fight him again. He's gonna want to. Larry, I mean, you know I you know you my dude, Larry, but 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 I esteem him and he don't want no more of him. And his 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 corner, the best thing they could have did was throw the towel in. His eyes were spinning in his head, his ear was bleeding out of his ears. His eardrum is busted. He was, he got beat down, he Larry. No he wasn't no more of that, man. As a fighter, Mark, he's going to want to go back in there and prove that that was one bad night. It's the way he is. That's not, this is what those boxers are. Okay, Mark, well, you, you know, know, as a competitor, as a competitor, Mark, as a competitor, he is not going to say that this guy beat me so much that my corner threw the towel in and I'm not going back out there. No, he's going back out there. <laughs> yes, sir. Say again. Would, would you have thrown in the towel if you were this corner man? Yes. Me absolutely. Too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they did the right thing. No question about it. Um, no one, one quick thing on a little NCAA, my seat, you know, Pirates, man. Wow. They're looking, they looking. They played well all season. They really played it, it, well. It, it, I, I hope that we don't get into the thing because I remember when we had Isaiah Whitehead and I was mm-hmm. off the roof with them. I thought that we really had a good shot and then I think we drew Gonzaga and <laughs> that didn't work out so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but now Miles Powell, I mean, I watched his career from a freshman and he's the, he's the truth but at the same time, Larry, the other guys really, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that we need to repeat that all lean on Isaiah Whitehead thing. I mean, I remember back in the day, I think his name was Terry DeHair. We did the same thing mm-hmm. with him. Am I yeah. wrong? Yeah, Terry DeHair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I Similar don't thing. But, you know, I think, to be honest with you, I like the Big East this year. This year, the Big East is, is, is really powerful from top to bottom. They've got, you know, they've got a little more depth than they've had in, in the past coming, in the previous years that they've come back to the Big East. Uh, I mean, St. John's, uh, listen, you, you guys put it to St. John's, but St. John's just had a nice season. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I was, I was at the garden watching St. John's. They, they're okay. Um, man, I, I, I don't know if it, if we we're gonna to have to play Villanova, I already know we're gonna have mm-hmm. to we're gonna have to we're gonna to have to beat Villanova again. And even after doing that, it's no guarantee that we won't get whoever's the number one team in the country in the in the rounds again, unless mm-hmm. we win the Big East. But um, one last thing, yes, sir. Um, 
Larry, uh, I was listening to the, the commentators on the fight, and, and there was just one guy, I think he's, like, been in boxing forever. It was, like, right after the fight. He was interviewing on either your station or the one down the dial. And, um, and he said that um, he said that that Wilder um, has it has is a puncher with with power not seen before uh, in boxing and 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 I tend to I can agree with some of that I mean I've seen quite a few they were comparing them to Ernie Shavers and whatnot mm-hmm. but but when I was watching the fight I saw. I saw this six nine boxer. I, I mean, I thought he was good the first time, but um, then he leaned on him. He did. He he was tactical and a bruiser and a puncher, and it was impressive, Larry. He and, had and Mark. When, Mark, I'm telling you, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always good talking to you. He had the perfect game plan because he moved him forward in the beginning. He moved him forward, backed him up where he couldn't move. Then when he punched him and, and went to the body and went to the head, he had nowhere to go. And then he couldn't really let go of the right hand so that it would have the momentum that it normally does and the effectiveness. Then, as you mentioned, he put his weight on him. And so now he's beaten. He's tired with the busted eardrum. His equilibrium is off. He was just he looked worn out he looked beat down he did his ears bleeding his mouth is bleeding he's worn down he looked fatigued he couldn't keep his feet under him his legs kept giving way he looked he looked like an old guy from that beat down and so while I expect that he will want to get back into the ring with Tyson Fury, because as I mentioned, he's a competitor. He's a warrior. He does not want to say without getting back and fighting him again that the guy beat him so badly that his had his corner threw the white towel in the ring to say stop the fight. Which was the right thing to do. That's they should they did what they were supposed to do. Because he would have gotten further hurt. He was already hurt. There could have been more serious damage done to him. So they did the right thing. But as a competitor, even then, after the fight, what was he saying? I didn't want them to throw the towel in. I wanted to go out on my shield. We understand that. Respect it. That's why you have a corner. Because they have to take the initiative to say, you know what? We got to save you from yourself. Because as a competitor, you want to go out there and fight. And come on, this is an undefeated fighter. This is not a guy who was like, you know... 13 and 10 <laughs> and with a couple of knockouts. I mean, this is a guy who has dominated the division. So listen, he's, he's trying to, he's going to want to go out there and try it again. All I'm saying is got to have a different game plan <laughs> because that one didn't work. <laughs> no, he had one. He had one, but it's just like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a game plan until you get hit. And when he got hit, whatever the game plan was, he went back to, I got to get him off me with this right hand. If I get him, if I hit with this right hand, I'm good. But he never was able to get the right hand. They, they played it perfectly. And the whole difference was being the aggressor, moving forward to have him off his back, off his back foot, and so there's no power off your back foot. 1-800-919-3776. Spring training baseball this weekend for the Mets and Yankees. I'm going to give you my thoughts about the Mets and the Yankees next. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Gary Cohen with the call on SNY. Jake Marisnik, the former Astro. With a home run, Mets and Cardinals with a 3-3 tie today in the Mets' second spring training game. You're listening to the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Your calls on the Mets and Yankees as we, before we leave you at the top of the hour. So here's what I'm looking for this, this preseason, spring training games. I'm looking for 
depth. I'm looking to see uh, where folks are going to be in the outfield. One thing that I like already is this is going to be an aggressive team on the base paths, and I like that. Now, the question is going to be, and I hope that the third base coach doesn't get a bunch of people thrown out at home <laughs> until he figures out who who's the who's the better people that can make those runs and test those and test those outfielders. But I think that this is a good thing. When you've got a pitching staff like this Mets team has, starting wise, on paper, that's going to be pretty good. You've got a back to back Cy Young Award winner topping your rotation and Jacob DeGrom. All right. And you've got Syndergaard and you got Matt, although he gave up a home run today. It's okay. I'm not ready to it's spring training. I'm not going to say, oh, here we go again. He had trouble last season giving up folks, giving up home runs early. Here we go. He's going to do the same thing. I'm, I'm not ready to do that yet. Spring training. You're working on different things. You're doing something. It's too early. I mean, it's the second game. Can we relax? You know, people, I'm, I'm looking at the, the bug. Well, you know, he did it again. He's still having trouble with it. Stop. It's his first outing. Give me a break. But when you have the starters that this team has and a bullpen that is better than last year, even though you saw what Jerry Smeyer did today, right? But it's early. He's working on stuff. I'm good. I'm good. Can give him runs. Just runs on base. Just I need him to just be, can you give me, can you give me a one, two, three inning? That's all I'm looking for from him. Uh, you want to be able to get as many runs as possible. And I think being more aggressive and kind of going a little bit against the sabermetrics in the sense of let's wait to hit the home run. Let's play for the beginning. Let's just keep hitting home runs. Let's, you know, we're not walking. We're not doing things like that. I like that they're being aggressive on the base paths. I like that. And so I'm encouraged. I want to see how much better they are. So that's the first thing that I'm looking for, obviously. The next thing is, the next thing, clearly, is going to be the bullpen. I mentioned Familia. You know, I want to see Dellen Patances. Uh, Gaselman pitched today. You know, uh, so I want to see how that goes. And who are some of the other folks who can come in and add some depth to this bullpen? Because I believe on paper, on paper, Offensively, this Met team is pretty good. And I think they'll be able to get some runs. I expect Peter Alonzo to have a similar year to last year. I expect that he'll be better. Whatever uh, we get from UN for this will be a plus. I'm not expecting much, but I'm hoping for better. And so whatever you get from him, it's protection. All right, for, uh, you know, for the rookie. So you get protection for him, and that allows him to give you some more stuff, to give you some more hits, some more runs. So that's what I'm expecting. So I think offensively, I think the team's going to be pretty good. Obviously, a concern also is going to be defense. You know, I like that, uh, you know, they've been doing some work with, with, you know, with the catchers, and they've been doing some things and trying to work out. So I, I like I like what I've heard about the team. Okay, I do. I, I, I'm expecting a big year from Conforto. I really expect a big year from him. I don't know why. I just do. I expect this to be a really, really good year for him. And I think him and Alonzo, uh, Brandon Nimmo, if he's able to stay healthy. I like what Marisnik can bring. And you heard what Gary Cohen said, and I agree with him a thousand percent. Marisnik is an, is a, is a Ligaris who can hit. A Lagaris who's got some power. And, you know, he's going to be able to to add depth to your bench because you're going to have injuries. You're going to have injuries to your starters, pitchers and everyday players. So the more depth you have, obviously, the better you are. I need to see Rosario be consistent at shortstop. And obviously, Cano is going to be an inter- an interesting thing for me. I, I want to see if he's able is, am I going to see the first half of 2019 Cano or the second half of 2019 Cano? If I get the second half of 2019 Cano for most of the season, I think it'll be a good thing for the Mets. I really do. Eddie's in Brooklyn. Hey Eddie, you're next. 
on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, how you doing, man? Doing good, Larry. How you What's doing, up? Larry? What's up, Larry? Larry, let me tell you something. Deontay Wilder was done the minute Tyson Fury got up from the first fight because he hit Tyson Fury so hard. Out of his own mouth, he said he never thought he was going to get back up. And when that man got up, he knew the next time he fought that man, he was going to have problems with him. And then on top of that, Deontay Wilder is not a good, it's not a good boxer. You put a good boxer in with a puncher, the boxer always wins. If you, if you go back to the history of boxing and, and, and look at all the fights, all the great boxers always beat the puncher. And Deontay Wilder, he got a cock his right arm to throw. It, it, don't, it doesn't just come out naturally. He has to cock it. So mm-hmm. that right there is another mistake. I don't think he'll ever be able to be Tyson Fury, to be honest with you, not fighting like that. Yeah, and so here's the thing, Eddie. What can he do to change? I mean, he's a 34-year-old guy. I mean, it's, 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 like, it's like my man Max be saying, like, you know, it's like when you know you you only got one chance, one way, like this guy's going to beat you up. You won't get beat anyway, but your best chance is trying to go out there and get a knockout. That's the only thing you could try and do, go out there and get down knocked out. But I don't really see that happening because, you know, fighters don't change like all the sudden. So if he's style of fighting, you know, you could try to teach him to be a boxer. But once he gets into a problem, he's going back to doing what he knows how to do best, to be a brawler. And that's not going to work against Tyson Fury because Tyson Fury is going to put that weight on him and put that power on him. We keep talking about how much power on Deontay Wilder got. Did you see him get dropped by a body shot from Tyson Fury? I did. That, that man got power too, okay? No, oh, there's so no question he, he does. And he has leverage he, and he's able to get it to he, hit he it from outside. Weight, he got leverage, yeah. he got power, and he got boxing skill off the game. Yeah, he could box. Mm-hmm. Or a big man, he could move, slip punches, and and it's not gonna. It's, I think he's gonna be Joshua too. Um, what? Uh, describe Joshua for me. Joshua is like um, he's he's a pretty decent boxer, but I don't I don't think he got the skills like the mindset of a Tyson Fury to go in there like you know like when things get really rough. I don't think he's gonna be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyson Fury is a guy I've been through a lot. You know, the man weighs yeah. 400 pounds and been through everything. So there's nothing you can really do to this dude really scam. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to really have your game plan to beat that guy. And he ain't no chump. He'll go 12 rounds. No. We have to go 12 rounds. Because remember, Deontay Wallace dropped him twice in the first fight. And then when yeah. he got up the, on the 12th round, it wasn't like he was dizzy or nothing. He got up and then he started really putting on Deontay. And I fight too. So when when Deontay Wilder knocked him down and so him got up, trust me, he got like, damn, I hit this guy hard as I could, man. This dude got up. So that right there already had some tricks on his psychic for the next fight. You know, yeah. so you make a great point, Eddie. And and I was talking to uh, Brian Custer, the voice of Showtime Boxing. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. And we were talking about him before the fight, and I asked him, what does that have? What effect does that have on both people? Does on the on the obviously I know what the effect it had on Tyson Fury. I could take your bench best punch and get up, but I was concerned and curious to see how it would affect Deontay Wilder because when you knock somebody down, and I mean he knocked him down. He didn't just pop right back up. <laughs> he was down for a minute. He was down, and it's like it's it's funny. He even described it. Described it. Fury said it was like a light went on. And so that's how he was knocked out. And then a light went on. He woke up and then he just got up and he was able to go on his feet. So from a mental standpoint, Eddie, you might be right. That might have been where that this fight was decided, you know, but I still expected that Wilder would have to make some adjustments. And I don't think they did. And I think they felt that when Fury was out there talking about this is what I'm going to do, they expected, like most of us, yeah, right. He's going to fight the same way he did before. Everybody talks about what they're going to do to change, and nobody ever changes. They're not doing nothing's changing. He's going to go out there and be who he is, especially when he came in heavier than he was in the first fight. I think that was the misleading thing. Okay, he's heavier, and he's going to box? No, he's coming in to brawl. So he may box some, but he's also going to be ready to brawl, which is why I think they decided to come in heavy for Wilder than he did in the in the first fight. Well, they got a lot of video to watch to try to figure out if 
because there is a rematch clause. They got a lot of video to figure out when they have the rematch, what are they going to do to try something different? Because what they tried last night is not going to cut it. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.